Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to a Squabble Box podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnny. And James, your co-host. And um, today we're doing a film that was suggested by James, which is a film I, when he said the title, I'm like, I know this film. I've seen this. And sure enough, I've seen this a lot, especially since um, Mystery Science Theater's Return did this film too, whatever it's called. I don't remember, not The Return or whatever it was called. I had seen it years ago before this. It's at the Earth's core, uh, 1976, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this one. Right? I've seen it years ago. I was probably on one of those you know, MGM channels or, you know, whatever it was back then. But then I, you know, recently rewatched it. But yeah. And this is the one you're talking about, the 1976 one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's yeah. based off of the 19, a 1914 book by Edward Burroughs, or Edgar, I'm sorry, Edgar Rice Burroughs. And um, sometimes this movie is actually called Edgar Rice Burroughs at the Earth's Core. Yeah, yeah. What's funny and interesting about this movie, for being a B movie, well, I, I don't know if it was one at the time. It wasn't done by any big production companies that I can that I know of. Like, it wasn't I mean, like MGM or something. There's it, AIP, AIP and Amicus are the only two that I see. And AIP was kind of big, but they weren't like, mm-hmm. they weren't MGM or Warner or, you know, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this movie actually had some star power behind it because this was a joint UK production, mm-hmm. British American production. Uh, the doctor, actually Peter Cushing plays Dr. Abner Perry in this. Peter Cushing pay, played... Uh, the Doctor, Doctor Who, in the in two Doctor Who movies that they did while the show was going, which was always kind of weird. Yeah, uh, he he also... In, oh. Sorry, go ahead. He had been in some other Amicus movies, such as Asylum, and I think, um, I want to say, and now The Screaming Starts, which I haven't seen those in a long time. But yeah, he, he you know got around doing you know the, the Hammer as well as Amicus, so... Yeah, he also was in Star Wars, and he was the one that, uh, in the original movie, the first one, kind of told Vader, step off. Mm-hmm. So, he's uh, he's made his rounds in science fiction and fantasy. 
he plays a, a, a British Victorian scientist because the movie takes place in the Victorian era. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also notable that the character David Innes is played by Doug McClure. Now, those of you that are Simpsons fans might recall a Troy McClure character loosely based on how Doug McClure acted as an actor back in the day. <laughs> um, and uh, B-movie scream queen uh, Carolyn Monroe is in this. And, yes. and, and former Bond girl, to be fair. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this, this movie had relatively... Some relatively known people. I mean, some of the other cast might be well, relatively known too. I, I, mean, I just because I don't doesn't mean they're not. Um, it was distributed by, like you said, AIP American International, and uh, at the time, British Lions Films or Lion Films, which is now Sony because Sony bought everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and get it. I'm sure we heard that baby scream. Yes, that's great. Yeah, twenty three hundred square feet, and I still hear her screaming. Uh, let's just get into it then, I guess. So, um, all right, all right. what was that? <laughs> you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so go ahead, start, start it up. Okay. So this movie, we, you know, we start off, we see what I could tell was like molten, not really lava, but you know, metal being poured into a, some kind of vat, right? Because they're working, they have these bunch of guys working in a factory and with machinery you see, I think there was a train, and there's that there's that drill module. That's how our two characters end up getting into the center of the earth. Is the you know the guys working in the factory on the on the module? That was a cool kind of opening, just seeing how everything kind of comes together and seeing all the machinery operate is really neat. It's a way of bringing you into the story mm-hmm. and giving you enough information as to like, okay, this is what yeah. these guys are doing. And they're, in a way, aiding the scientists so they can go on their journey kind of thing, right? So we have that going on. We, you know, interactions in the factory, as I was saying. Uh, we have tourists that that show up. I assume they're, they're like tourists, but nonetheless, they're a crowd who they're anticipating this drill machine because... It's an innovation in geological engineering. So they're, they're excited about it, right? And they want to see what happens when Dr. Perry and, and David pilot it and use it to get into the, excuse me, get into the Earth's core. That, that's their deal, right? That's what they're up to. It's the title. Yes, at the Earth's core, yes. And so we, we find out that, uh, well, our two... T- Two scientists are ready to uh, find out what is in the center of the Earth because they've never been there. They don't know, right? But yeah, I mean, when, curious. Right? When this was written in 1914, um, there were lots of theories going on around about the Earth's core. And I, I remember in the early 1900s, mid-1900s even, there were people that thought there was like another world under the crust before you got to the, all kinds of things. So this really... Mm-hmm. Is definitely a product of the times, you know, when mm-hmm. it was written in 1914, the novel, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we have that they're, they're kind of interest. They're interested in what's at the center of the Earth. We have this crowd watching. As, it takes three licks to get to the center of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, we have the, the crowd watching as they begin to drill the the vehicle. It, it ends up going too fast for their liking, so they 
it kind of reminds me of some other movies I'd seen recently. I think it was World Without End. It was another sci-fi movie where the ship ends up going too fast. You know, I, I guess at the time that was a common thing in, in sci-fi where you would have a ship that would malfunction, a vehicle that would malfunction, right? So we yeah, have that I mean, happening. It's definitely been, it's definitely been visited in a few, um, a few movies over time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a rocket, a movie about a rocket ship that, same thing, went too fast. And um, Lost Continent, I think it is. The rocket okay. it, it accelerates too high, of a, too high of a speed and ends up on a mountain or something like that, mm-hmm. which then they find dinosaurs, so. Yeah, yeah, they end up having a power failure in their in their uh, vehicle, so they're stuck, right? And and the interior of their vehicle, I don't know, it made me think of, I would think the the time machine sort of. Yeah, I would go along with the time machine. I mean, you it know? takes place Victorian, right? So mm-hmm. similar look. Um, it really reminded me of that. It really reminded me of um, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea a bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, we. Our characters, they end up, they land in the in the prehistoric era, right? Which, in a way, is like time travel, even though what, you know, they didn't intend to, to do that. But that's what happens. So Yeah, I mean, really, it's, they don't actually time, I think they just find another world, basically, yeah. underneath the crust, right? Yeah. I would say, I would say that's closer to what happens so they end up in this prehistoric era, prehistoric land. There's these plants, yeah, wildlife, which I, I thought that was uh, beautiful, right? It really, it stands out, right? And yeah, they try to figure out where they are if they're under the earth. I mean, uh, realistically, on. until we get underground, the special effects are nothing to write home about. Yeah, I mean the first, you know, even when the drill, the 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 um the iron mole, I believe they call it, is on its track and it's getting pushed towards the mountain. I mean, the crowd—you can tell nothing. Like it does, it just it, you can tell it's not real at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. I, I mean, and you can tell they tried to make it look real. It just one point five million dollar budget back then. Even what are you gonna do, right? Well, mm-hmm. I guess back then that had to be a pretty big budget. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, once they get into the pre the prehistoric world, the plant life and everything they find looks pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they they're they're in this peaceful kind of it's a jungle. I would call it a jungle, right? And so they're trying to figure out what's going on. And there's this creature. They see this big dinosaur-like creature with a beak, right? And and to and I was thinking about this, you know, after the movie, right? That you have a dinosaur who's rowdy, who is territorial, but you also he's in this setting that is calm, right? So that's kind of a neat contrast there. That, uh, but then it, you know, the fact that they see the dinosaur, it it gives them an idea of what they're dealing with, because they try to ward it off. David tries to ward him off, right? But that doesn't quite work out, from what I remember. Yeah, I don't think it really gets frightened away by David at all, if I remember correctly. Um, that That's very similar to uh, when they – well, no, it's not. Never mind. Okay. I, I was going to compare it to um, Lost Continent a little bit. When they finally reach the Lost Continent, they um, they try to scare off the dinosaurs, but I think they actually kind of succeed in that one. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, okay. So then – David and Abner, they end up, they're found by these locals who have faces with these uh, 
kind of a, a pig nose. I don't know if they ever if they're ever named, but uh, the Mahars, I think they are. Mahars, okay, okay, yeah, th those those guys who are. Uh, oh, they're flying reptiles. They fly. Don't forget. Okay, okay, yeah. So we have these uh, these characters, right? And they're they they keep prisoners of the humans, right? So then. David and Amber, they end up having to join the chain gang. I, I, I would just refer to the chain gang because that's essentially what they are. They're, they're kept together by a chain going around as uh, the Mahars keep an eye on them. Yeah, I mean, and they're considered primitive humans to the Mahars because they, um, the Mahars are telepathic. Well, and mm -hmm. fly. But the telepathic mostly is the, the big thing. So to them, um, you know, humans are primitive because we don't use our whole brains or whatever. And they don't really specify, but I mean, I would guess that's the way it goes. Yeah, and of course, kind of Carolyn Monroe is the beautiful Princess Dia, mm -hmm. who's one of the captives. Mm -hmm. Who uh, kind, of a, kind of a Planet of the Apes type of thing with the uh, Mahars and the humans, except you know, instead of apes, it's. Do the apes know they're filming in the Forbidden Zone? Sorry. <laughs> that was a Mystery Science Theater reference. Well, I mean, it was... Um, yeah, both. But yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, so the Mahars look at uh, David and say... And they call him Bright Eyes. No, I'm <laughs> But no, so yeah, so David falls for, of course, Carolyn Monroe, because who wouldn't back in the 70s? I mean, she, she was... She's, today, she still looks great. Mm-hmm. Any well, yeah. the latest pictures I've seen of her, she still looks great. But um, yeah, it's basically a um, a chain gang, like you said. I mean, they're basically all slaves working for the Mahars. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to say, don't they choose her? I mean, they they're, they're constantly trying to plot and escape, right, David and Abner. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say they choose. I want to say that the Mahars choose her to be a sacrifice. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. The movie doesn't have a really deep plot. Like, I've never read the book. Me the neither. movie comes in like at 90 minutes tops, and it's counting the credits. So I, if you like movies that get right into the action, I'd say this does. I, I can't say there's a lot of action at you know, parts of it. Right. I mean, they're not like fighting the, you know, the whole movie or anything. But plot-wise, I mean, it's basically they get captured. They're forced to do whatever menial work that's desired. We find out the Mahars are telepathic, and because of that, they're powerful, and they control people. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to sacrifice the, uh, the princess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have other things like, like going on where, where the Chan gang is. They come across these two dinosaurs, right, with... Their horn, they have horns on their heads, right? And and one of them is eaten, from what I recall. So you can tell oh, it's a dummy. Right. Yeah, it looks like it looked like a dummy to me, but you know, I mean, I can I can forgive that, you know. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, the fact that they the two dinosaurs fight, right? It, uh, it reminded me of you know something you would see rams or or deer do similar kind of behavior to those animals. So maybe they when they were making the movie they 
look into animal behavior and use not, and, and not to draw another parallel to um to uh lost continent but in that one the dino- there's two dinosaurs that duke it out too okay so it seems to i mean that movie was black and white so it had to be the 50s mm-hmm. but uh it seems to be a common theme in the animal kingdom even even back then i guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, I mean they meet a they meet a substantial amount of you know characters, and, and let's be fair, it's not just I don't it's not just Abner and David, isn't there a, a photographer or something with them too? Yeah, I don't. I want to say there, there was more than just two of them on the on the. Well, maybe not. Am I mixing it up with something else? I may be wrong on that. I might be mixing it up with a different movie. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, so they of course they want to save you know Princess Dia. Uh, who's going to be sacrificed in the Mahar city and they rally the troops or workers, what's left of them mm-hmm. and hilarity ensues. No, uh, <laughs> I'm foggy on how they escape after they rescue her though. Yeah. The, Cause it, I remember there being a lot of explosions and because they had no power and the ship didn't work. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how they fixed it. Me neither. Or if they just glossed over that part. I honestly don't remember. And it's funny because I, I have seen this movie a lot of time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, rather. The Iron Mole is what it was, right? I'm going to have to look this up because I don't remember how they fixed it. Okay. Because now I want to know. All right. It's funny. One of the IMDb reviews says, says it's cheap. Yeah, You know what? For the time, that was a decent amount of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the Earth's core. No, it doesn't say anything else. I mean, they meet other characters that are. Yeah, Ra. They're, they're, another guy I remember. Yeah, Ra was by Cy, played by Cy Grant, Gok, uh, Huja, yeah. Jubel, and then the, the hairy one, whoever that was. Yeah. But nothing I've seen tells me how. They repair it. Uh, huh. Weird. I, so maybe they just uh, just gloss over that part. I don't really remember. Yeah. This is a movie that I think had lots of potential. I mean, it really... It, here's the problem. Because, I mean, like, clearly they, they rescue her, and I don't remember who... I know the two of them, and I want to say her escape. I don't remember if they take anybody else with them or what what the deal was, What the if there was just an uprising or... If you remember, let me know. <laughs> you mean when they when they rescue her, or what, yeah, yeah. Because I know there's a lot of explosions, and they and that's kind of their way of freeing themselves from the. I, oh, that's what it is. The iron mole stuck. Okay. I want to. I want to say it was stuck, yeah, and they need yeah, to free right. it. Then that's how they end up in you know the prehistoric area. Is that when they're stuck, they can't really get out. And they're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, when when they when they get there, basically. And that's what it was. Yeah, because we have, you know, we have some other fights. We have, we have David fighting Raw, but then they end up meeting this creature that is kind of uh, octopus-like. I, I guess he would, that's how I describe it. It's like in the plants and it has these tentacles. So that, that was kind of a cool creature, I thought. Um. 
you know, so we, we do have other fights, right? Not a lot of action, but there are some fight scenes that uh, that keep you interested, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a really horrible movie. I wish I remembered how they, who escaped. And I, I want to say, did they take her with? I think she decided... Cause I think she, she stays the leader of Rebellion, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, because... Dave tries to talk her into leaving, but then she decides not to. And I thought she was trying to talk him into staying. I don't remember. Yeah. But um, the the not a bad movie. No. Overall, the issues I take is Doug McClure is just hard, it's just hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not as I feel like Peter Cushing is more his character is more fun. He's more into it. Well, and, and just like you look at Doug McClure in like the screen, in like the promos, and you just can't take him seriously as a guy that's like fighting something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Carolyn Monroe is always lovely. I have no problem with her. A lot of the other casting was fine. Peter Cushing, like you said, you know, when you play the doctor, right, and then you play all these other roles, Cushing was a veteran actor and a solid one. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. played Abner Perry perfectly fine. I actually really enjoyed his character, like you were saying. But man, the special effects—it's—it's it's hard to swallow, man. It's a lot of beaks with steam coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I a lot of flame, a lot of caves. It's—it really is like they filmed the Doctor Who episode from the '60s. Yeah, it's I like, mean, I hey, let's film it in a quarry <laughs> and call it I, Mars. <laughs> but I, I did like it when they, when they, when the wind creatures. Yeah, I like the how they kind of reveal them with they have like the mist or whatever, and then they reveal them that way. I like that. That was kind of a cool. I mean, yeah, fact, but pretty cool. You know? Yeah, that wasn't bad. I mean, and like I said, it's not like it was a horrible, horrible movie. It, no. But it's not a movie that hasn't been. It, I want to. So, at the Earth's core is the direct title of the movie or the the novel by Edgar Rice Burroughs. But, I mean, realistically, I want to say any Journey to the Center of the Earth movie, which there's been plenty of, or, you know... Uh, Lost movies, even. Yeah, are all based off this concept. Mm-hmm. You know? I never saw the 2008 Asylum Journey to the Center of the Earth. I've seen the 1959 film. Okay. Um, I don't remember what they find there, but... It was, it was, there was a lot of scenes that were really, very dark because they were in caves, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. And what do, what do you think? I mean, I mean, you picked it, so I'm assuming you like it. I mean, I yeah, liked it. It's I mean, enjoyable. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It does have some issues, but... It's not zombie, it's not zombie nightmare. <laughs> no, no. no it, it, it's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Um, it, like I said, it has problems, but it's also has its fun moments, right? And it, it's, I, I do, I was into some, you know, the fight scenes, right? They were kind of mm-hmm. fun. Um, maybe, I don't, I thought I was going to say something else. I don't know, maybe to me, the mind control, maybe they could have put more uh, emphasis on it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe had more scenes. I, I want to say Doug McClure's character goes to hit one of them and they mind can they like it, they use the mind control to prevent him from doing it or something. I, there's a few scenes I want to say are similar to that, but they didn't really play it up as I thought they should have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, not a, not a horrible movie. Now, is this a movie that could be remade? I mean, they've done, you know, Journey to the Sunny Earth type of movies. Okay, let me let me okay check yeah. that. Let me let me let me rephrase that. Is this a movie that could be remade well? I mean, I think in some cases it could be. I, I think the main problem you'd have is getting people to suspend suspend belief. Yeah, suspend belief watching it because there's a whole lot of scientific ep- evidence that there are not people living near the Earth's core. Yeah. I mean, so I think that would be the toughest part. I mean, now if you, now if you were just drilling into a mountain or something to that effect, I think you could pull it off. But if you were going to go with the Earth's core or journey to the center of the Earth idea, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you could do it. Now, granted, like I said, in the mid-1900s, even one of the presidents, I want to say, or early 1900s, somewhere between 1850 and 1950, people believed that there was colonies under the Earth's you know, crust of like mole people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, there's no evidence of that. And there's a lot of scientific evidence proving there's not. So I think that would be the biggest hurdle. But if you're a sci-fi and fantasy fan, I don't think you'd have an issue with that, right? Right, right. Like we know watching the time machine that there's no way somebody, some dude in Victorian England made some weird thing with a spin, made, took Santa's sleigh and put a spinning disc on it and traveled through time. <laughs> so I, th- I actually didn't mind the iron mole design. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, it reminded me of like uh, Ninja Turtles, the, the mutant module. Doesn't it? Cool if you remember oh, that. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't it also kind of remind you of um, our modern day tunnel boring machines? Only, only the front of it's different? I don't know if I've looked in those, but. I mean, it's basically just a long cylinder with cutting okay. heads on the front. Okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's, it's not a drill bit like this has on it, but I mean, the concept's similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. Could you do it well? You'd have to make it a co- more of a comedy, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could do it as a completely serious movie. And I don't know who I would cast as the two main characters. Yeah, I don't know either. No. Bruce Campbell as as the doctor, maybe just because <laughs> he could he could play a, a a goofy, you know, whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'd like to see I'd like to see somebody take a swing at it. Yeah, or, I mean, or do you or do you convert it and say we're on Mars and is it at the at the center of Mars? I mean, you, you know, to keep up with the times, do you do something like that? Mm-hmm. Now, was anybody? So other than the actors and actresses we specified, was anybody else, uh, well, let's see, Kevin Connor was the director. He did, um, he did, I think, similar movies that Land That Time Land Forgot. Land Time Forgot, yep. The People That I Time Forgot. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen those, but he did Motel Hell and The House Really Evil Dwells, which I should watch those again at some point. He did The Return of Sherlock Holmes, Great Expectations. And then he started doing stuff like, um, you know, the Elizabeth Taylor story. Oh, Blackbeard, Marco Polo. I mean, so he did some other stuff. Yeah. But mostly TV miniseries, it looks like. He's still active, too. I mean, he's 82, but he's still active. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, the screenplay was by Milton Subotsky, who was also one of the producers. And I'm not sure I've ever heard this name before. 
He died in 1991 at 69 only. Yeah, he worked with Amicus on a few occasions, though, it looks like. And some, yeah. Some oh, there you go. Doctor Who and the Daleks, 1965, Daleks Invasion of Earth, 2150 AD, 1966. Probably how they got the, uh, the um, Peter Cushing uh, tie-in. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, 1972. Seems like he did more, uh, more horror stuff. And then The Land of Time Forgot. And then he was Sword and Sorcery Productions after that. <laughs> Live action version of Stan Lee's The Incredible Hulk. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> oh, he did uh, Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive in 1986. He co-produced that. Uh, Lawnmower Man, which is... Lawnmower uh, Man, which is not a bad movie at all. <laughs> I actually like, I like the Lawnmower Man and Maximum Overdrive. Okay. Wow. Okay, so he did a few things. Died at 69, though, 1991. Yeah. And then, let's see, Max wrote, John Dark was one of the other producers. Oh, this guy has a whole list of stuff. Wow. Warlords of the Deep, Slayground, never heard of it. Eldorado, a TV series. I think I've seen Slayground, but it's been a while. Casino Royale, 1967. Yeah, I've seen that version. (laughs) Jason and the Argonauts yeah yeah Um, Land of Time Forgot Uh, let's see The Running Man but not the one we all know and love no so nothing too Missiles from Hell Strange World of Planet X I mean a few things here and there I've heard of and Max Rosenberg was the other producer what did Max here do yeah no not much there either so it's weird. It's a weird mix of people that were on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Mike Vickers did the music. Oh, was this? Um, oh, Max Rosenberg. He did City of the Dead, aka Horror Hotel, with Christopher Lee. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Mike Vickers is a Manford man. Was from in Manford Man. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> a band that got famous doing Bruce Springsteen covers that I thought were better than the originals because I don't like Bruce Springsteen. Uh. So, <laughs> Alan Hume was the cinematographer. That name sounds familiar. Oh, he worked for Hammer Films. Okay. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Oh, that was for Mika's. Kiss of the Vampire was Hammer. For Your Eyes Only, Return of the Jedi, Octopussy of You to a Kill, Runaway Train. And a fish called Wanda and Shirley Valentine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So man, he his cinematography his cinematography really took off. Because mm-hmm. that's four or five really could pretty big films there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He was a cinematographer. He was a cinematographer on Return of the Jedi. And he did this. <laughs> <laughs> and three Bond movies. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. See, I knew there had to be somebody involved that we could go, oh, yeah, this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the actors, man, I don't really know. Cy Grant, the name sounds familiar, but I can't place him. You know, I mean. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I can't place him either. Because um, I don't think I've really Oh, okay. Well, this is interesting. I haven't seen Shaft in Africa, but I've seen Shaft. With uh, Richard Roundtree, apparently he was involved in Japan. Okay, huh. let's see. J- Godfrey James, uh, 
He's 89 years old right now. He uh, has a long filmography of a lot of things I don't remember ever seeing. I may. I think I've seen Oblong Box and yeah, Cry of the Banshee. I know the Witchfinder General, all Vincent Price uh, movies. That That's did. right. But yeah, nothing that I nothing that really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Space 1999. I used to watch that show. Hey, you got started in the Saint and Doctor Who. Who didn't? Yep. <laughs> Photographer Robert Gillespie. Uh, some TV, some TV, some solid TV work. Magnificent Seven Deadly Sins must be destroyed. Which one? Frankenstein must be destroyed. I never saw. Is it, is it any good? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, well, I feel like I've seen so many. Says it all. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like I've seen so many of the Hammer Frankenstein movies. I get them kind of mixed up. Oh, you know what? He was uh, Force Ten from Navarone. He had a hand in. That was a good movie. Okay. Huh. Old World World War Two flick. I like that one. Huh. So I guess he did some work too. He was relatively successful. Yeah, it's just strange that this movie. And like, it's funny because Doug McClure was a kind of a big name actor. Yeah. Yeah. He he was in I think. Land of Time Forgotten, People of Time Forgotten, and you know some other stuff that we. Uh... Is it the Twilight Zone? I mean, yeah. Humanoids from the Deep. He was in that. Well, I don't remember him in that, but yeah, he was. <laughs> he was he was a poker player in Rhett and Maverick with Mel Gibson. I thought that was a great movie. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Prime Suspect, too. Tapeheads, Omega Syndrome, Cannibal Run Two. Um. SST Death Flight. Holy shit, I remember that movie. <laughs> that was back in the late 70s when everything was a disaster movie. Huh. Death Race. Oh, yeah. The Birdman. Yeah, he uh, he had a long career. He died young, though. 1959? Or he died at 59? It seems like a lot of people died early on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lung cancer in 1959. Or not 1959, damn it, at 59. Yeah, Troy McClure, the character on The Simpsons, was modeled after McClure and fellow actor Troy Donahue. <laughs> um, Mike Rice, executive producer of The Simpsons, said that Doug McClure's daughter informed him that Doug was a big fan of The Simpsons. She said that while watching an episode, Doug saw the character Troy McClure on the show and said, are they making fun of me? Doug said he thought the parody was funny and his daughters would call him Troy McClure behind his back as a joke. <laughs> so, that's pretty neat. But I, I don't really have much else to say about this one. I mean, it, it's not a bad movie. It's worth a watch. Yeah, I think it is. I, I can't say it's one of my most enjoyable that I mean, we've done, but it's, it's good. And yeah. Carolyn Monroe's in it, and that's always a plus. If you're going to get, you know, a Blu-ray copy, I would say get it on sale. Yeah, I would, I would say you don't need you don't need it in high def. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just let your DVD player, just let your Blu-ray player do the upconvert on the DVD. I think you're fine. <laughs> that works too, you know. Whatever uh, you but I mean, it, it was, it was a, it's a good movie. And you, you know, you got dinosaurs fighting and it's a neat, con- it was definitely a neat concept. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I got nothing else on this one. I, I don't know much to say either. No. 
Watch it. That's all we're going to tell you. Watch it. Yeah. It's got to be on Tubi or something. Yeah. Netflix might even have the actual version of it by now. And this used to run like Sunday afternoons in Chicago on like Channel 5. Huh, weird. Like I remember seeing it like on TV. I think I was watching it on black and white TV at the time because that's like in the 80s, like a small one. But I remember watching it on TV, so. Yeah, you can get it off Voodoo. You can get it off Prime and looks like Apple TV. I haven't really used Apple TV that much, but yeah. There's yeah, me neither. A few ways that you can, you can get it. Cool. Well, I guess that's it for us on this episode. Um, we recommend checking it out because why not? Yeah. It's worth a, it's worth a checkout and worth a shout out. And um, I'm not sure what we're going to do next. We got some ideas. We got to talk about them. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. See you guys next time. You've been listening to a Squabble Box podcast.